<laughs> it's not the best that. Hello and welcome to another episode of Who the Fuck is Delia, the podcast that uncovers the plight of the creative who might not just yet be so successful that they are being made younger by CGI or just being made again in CGI if they are, you know, no longer with us. What? Oh, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Go on, tell me what I mean. Like Carrie Fisher. Like Carrie Fisher. I'm just impressed that you even remember the name. Why? I, I know things. For extra points, what was Carrie Fisher made younger in? Um, Star Wars? No, it's, no, that doesn't count. Oh. <laughs> was, has Carrie Fisher been in anything other than Star Wars? Yeah, she's been in stuff, but you, you can't just have Star um, Wars. Um, Go on. A New Hope. No, that's the very first one, so she was oh, already young. Fuck. Okay. Um, Maybe three. No, okay, so hang on, hang on, hang on. Fit, like, I need to remember the names of these new films. So it was called The Last Jedi, and then... Mm. No, I know it wasn't The Last Jedi. No, there was The Last Jedi. But... Yeah, I know, but I know that that wasn't the film. Oh. I was just... I need to name them in order. Right. That, that, then you've already started poorly. <laughs> no, but no, because, I mean, the new ones. Yeah. So Going... The Last Jedi was first, wasn't no, it? No, was no. it not? No. Oh. But anyway, go on. You're onto one. You've got. You've got the. It's name the one right. with the red sand. No, it's not. That's the Last Jedi. I don't know. Then I'm sure this is great to listen to. It was Rogue One. <laughs> she was in Rogue One. At the very end, she turns like spoiler alert for Rogue One. She turns around and she's there, but she's uh, not really there. Oh, it's just I don't like remember a, that. I don't remember that. Peter Cushing was done in that film as well, and um. Sam Jackson was made younger in Captain Marvel. I mm. think Robert da- Robert Downey Jr. No, Robert De Niro is being made younger for The Irishman, which is the new Martin Scorsese film that's Looks coming like out. Looks like Will Smith's been made younger as well. Will Smith, yeah, Gemini Man. This um, is mental. Why are they doing this to people? Just get new actors. It's just a new thing, isn't it? It's just like the thing that they can just like, you yeah. know. Yeah, they just get onto it. And go, We've got this new technology, let's just do it so stupid it's not whether they should do it it's just it's like you're getting old actors in because it's like oh we'll get this amazing old actor to do it and make them look younger but like there's so many good younger actors out there that you could just get in and like start their career off yeah but we could have two Will Smiths like, yeah but that's could, so no, no, no. stupid listen I've got an idea Will Smith versus <laughs> wait <laughs> young Will Smith yeah stupid isn't it do you know why I picked that as the intro why because I was reading this morning that their new TV series based around the Vietnam War is coming out, and they're making James Dean in what? it. Yeah, you're lying. No, because he was in the last one about the Vietnam War. The last one. I don't know. I can't. I, well, I don't even know which what the film was that James Dean was in based around the Vietnam War. But yeah, the one where he's bald in it, and the, oh no, that was Marlon Brando. That's Marlon Brando. In Same there. person, aren't they? No, they are. No, nice as well. No. Um, that's Apocalypse Now. It's so stupid. Why Why are they using an older actor? Oh, the, that really frustrates me. Not an older me. actor. James Dean's dead as fuck. Oh. He's gone. Did James Dean... When did James Dean die? He's, what, they cgi and James Dean into the whole film? Yeah, the same way... Like You're in, lying. Like in Rogue One, they CGI'd Peter Cushing. Do they know it's going to be shit? <laughs> well, I suppose they think it's not going to be shit. <laughs> but it's, that's, it's crazy, isn't it? That you, is mental. 
Yeah, he died. He died fucking ages ago. He died when he was twenty-four in nineteen fifty-five. What the hell are they doing that for? So the Vietnam War hadn't even happened. So there was no James Dean <sighs> Vietnam War film. Anyway, yeah. There's no hope. Uh, oh, there's a Star Wars joke I could have made, but I missed out on it. And it's too early. My brain can't quite get it together. Um, welcome to the show, everyone. Anyway, uh, it's just me and Michelle this week. Mm-hmm. Um, we're here on the morning of release because we're a little bit busy, right? And just get off our backs. You know, we still got your podcast out. <laughs> Sorry to anyone who uh, endured some of the technical issues in George's episode. We've had a little bit of feedback on that, saying that it wasn't too bad, and that I had one person saying they didn't even notice. Um, <laughs> so, so maybe I shouldn't have uh, put that at the start, but um, just the two of us. Yeah, just the two of us. You expect me to do that? I did not. Oh. I'm going to have to pay for that. <clears throat> no, we don't. Um so I wanted to talk about something that we were talking about at the bus stop the other night, Shell. Okay. Because um, we, we talk about this quite a lot, and I feel like we've not spoken about it on the podcast. Yeah. And that is something being good mm. or something having a message versus enjoying something. Oh, right. Okay. So a bit like... Um Oh, like we had a big conversation about this when Son of Soul came out. Yes, the um, the World War Two film. Yeah, based about around Auschwitz. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was specifically that concentration camp, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and we had it the other night when we were at the bus stop yeah. after seeing a film called Monos. Yeah, and we, the reason why I say good is because there's some things that you watch where you're like. Or, or listen to or observe or whatever it is. When you watch it and you go, that was that is almost objectively good. In the same way that you get these people who are almost objectively beautiful. Okay. And you go, I, there's just like, you can't deny that that is well made or that that is, you know. But sometimes you're like, yeah, she's like objective or he is like objectively beautiful. But it just doesn't have that thing that makes me attracted to them. Okay. In the same way in like a film, you could have that that film is almost objectively good because of how well made it looks and all the blah, 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 for many reasons, but I didn't enjoy it. No. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then that is also, I suppose, coupled into, uh, coupled with whether it's objectively good or not. The same thing can apply when something has a message that you're like, okay, I really agree with the message or I think the message is important or blah, 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 blah. But I didn't enjoy watching it. I didn't it. enjoy it. Yeah. Or maybe it's all three. Maybe it's all three coming against each other. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> probably a is. turn of phrase. <laughs> but, um, I mean, the film that we went to go and see the other day where we were talking about it, I don't necessarily think that was objectively good. No, neither, I neither think, do I. Oh, okay. Neither do I. I think, it, I thought it was good and I thought it looked beautiful, but, um, yeah, it was like I just didn't know and I still don't know whether I actually enjoyed watching it. Um, yeah, I've been thinking about that, and I'm pretty sure that I didn't. Fair, fair. But I thought it was... I'm mean, happy it exists. Yeah. I thought it could have been loads of uh, photographs or artwork in a gallery. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it looked amazing, but it could have just been just stills from the film that told the story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, I, feel, I kind of felt like I was like, I don't know why this is a film. Yeah. 
Anyway, sorry, I interrupted like, you. I no, interrupted. no, no, no. I, no, there was like there were like just beautiful moments in it. So yeah, I agree with that. Um, but I don't know. I think anything that has a subject matter that is like pretty serious, I guess you've got to talk about it, and you've got to kind of like look into it and things like that. But that isn't that's always not going to be enjoyable to watch really isn't it or is it is it is it the way you make it could somebody make that enjoy- let's say for example let's take son of soul we know that was like i'm never watching that film again for the rest of my life but when i watched it i was like holy shit everyone in the world needs to see this amazing Probably, i was, think that year it was like the, one of the best films of that year yeah it got it won foreign like best foreign language right i had to fact check that but i think pretty you're right. sure it did i think you're right um so that obviously is dealing with almost one of the, you know, heaviest subject matters that we can think of in our recent history. Yeah. And there's, the, like, there's really a film that focuses on that kind of thing that you enjoy. Uh, but it's still good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't I mean, know. I don't know. What I'm t- I don't know how I'm trying to say it, or I don't know what I'm trying to say. But it's like you're never going to get. A f- you're, you're never going to enjoy a film about that. But it's always going to be good. Uh, so it was the. Fe- it was in 2016, best foreign language yeah. film. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. But then, but then there is a there is an enjoyment you get from from it. You know, like I I whether it's a horrible story or not, I quite like watching World War Two stuff. I just mm. like the. And I don't say like as in like, you know, I like it. It's in like, you no, know, no, I, find, no. I think it's fun and nice. I mean, like, you know, I, find it I engage with and I find, yeah, yeah. And I, and I'm a fan of the aesthetic, mm-hmm. but then there was that film that we saw the trailer for, um, called Judy and Punch that you were like, that looks amazing. And just cause of the vibe of the, where it was set, you know, in kind of, I don't know, 1800s, that kind of thing. I was like, me, yeah. I'm not into it. So with Son of Saul, I probably would watch it again. I thought it was, I thought it was important for its message, almost objectively good. Mm. And I, yeah, you know, I didn't enjoy it because I wasn't sat there going, "Oh wow, this is so great." But I did enjoy it. Okay, all right. Let me phrase it differently then. But sorry, just to back up your point, no, the weird fine. thing is that with like Twelve Years a Slave, message important, almost objectively good, would never watch it again. Yeah. Not. I don't know. Okay, let me let me let me back it up a bit. Being a creative person, you make the choice to make something not enjoyable. Right? Okay. So yeah. you you make the choice to make something purposefully um claustrophobic or purposefully yeah. purposefully invoke anxiety or and it's because and you do that because you're like you want the watcher the reader the listener to feel the same thing that you're talking about and to become part of the story so as the creator you you decide whether you put a wall in the way of how you want to express that to the the consumer you can decide whether to put a wall there and be like i'm going to show you a story in which case the listener probably won't get as emotionally involved but they would still enjoy the story and they would still so for example um take 
I'm trying to think. Okay, okay, okay. Take um, Dunkirk. Yeah. Right, so he's decided to put... It was a brilliant film, but in a way he decided to put a wall between that kind of like emotional, harsh emotional connection, I think, because Dunkirk is a film that I'd watch over and over again. It was great. Uh, But then something like son of Saul, it was like he very much didn't put that wall there mm. he was like to the point where you know he the, the the camera was literally on the main person's shoulder and you felt like you were this person being w- within this camp being took being taken around and being involved in everything that's going on and you saw everything they didn't hold anything back yeah so i think it's less of a case of like oh these things that as a consumer you don't enjoy but you like but but i think it's more of on the creator's side how do you make that choice how do you make that choice to be like no i want the consumer to to feel everything Mm. and therefore feel it so much that they may not like it and may not ever watch it again but it will be more powerful by doing that or do i decide to tell a nice story that looks really pretty and people will come back and watch it again and blah 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 but it might not tell the story that it needs to tell yeah, that's true. I think you can. I think the the main difference between Son of Saul and Dunkirk in that regard is that Dunkirk is a cinematic thing. It's it's made very cinematically. You know, it's all IMAX and like shot with these mad cameras. And the sound design is by uh, the sound design's great, and the the scores by Hans Zimmer. But also, the subject matter is a little bit more cinematic. It's a it's a survival fight. You know, with planes and boats and you know uh, marines and all the rest of it whereas son of sol is a bit of a smaller story um you know just following one guy in a concentration camp there's less uh spectacle yeah but then also you know i i do appreciate that it's probably made like that as well I think maybe we've got enjoyment as a wrong word, as the incorrect word, because maybe it's not that you en- whether you enjoyed it or not. Because with Son of Saul, I don't think I could say that I enjoyed it, because enjoyed it implies I was having fun. Mm-hmm. I definitely wasn't having fun. Right. But there's got to be another phrase for it. Maybe that's the thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I listened, so let's move this away from films. I listened to Kanye West's new album. Yeah. Um, do I like the message? Not really. I don't mind the message of like unity and being one and looking after your fellow man, but I don't like all the God mm-hmm. Christian stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think it's objectively good? In part, here and there, yeah. You know, 50% of it I think is really, really well made and yeah just like that just sounds fucking good mm-hmm. no matter who you are that just sounds great yeah did i enjoy it yeah it was all right it was kind of fun but then that other thing of like did i you know would i go back to it and in the same way that i would with son of soul this extra thing that was word that we're missing i'm like yeah no no do you know what i mean yeah um i have a i have a caveat to that mm-hmm. which will this move- early in the morning caveat yeah, which will move, which will, which will eggs. direct us down a new route. Um, so 
and th- this is I, I asked this question because it's something I've been thinking about recently because of a new project that we may be that we're thinking about embarking on so how do you take do, it, do you think that it's a common issue that people deal with and I mean like kind of new young documentarians and things like that as well right where um you've got to kind of focus on a really dark subject matter and you do that in order to bring light to it and as a creative we do like to focus on these stories and bring to light these things yeah um when you say bring light to it do you mean make it more light-hearted or, or no, make it no like seen? no like make it make it seen yeah yeah um so i guess i guess i guess it's two 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 kind of thoughts rolled into one and the first thought is like why do we do that so much yeah um and you know why do we i guess it's kind of like wanting to figure out the human side here i don't know but so what you know why do we why are creatives instantly drawn to these kind of like the darker stories yeah yeah yeah. and also how do you how do you how do you think that you navigate looking at a dark story and telling it but also kind of like trying to knowing that if it you know if it is something that does become successful it is something that you you're going to earn your daily living from Mm -hmm. but you've also taken that from you know someone's story so I even mean like from you know as I say like documentarians is a great great a great example because they normally focus on really shit stuff but at the end of the day there's somebody sat there getting paid into their bank account you know, from that documentary that they made. And it's like, I wonder how you sit with that being like, oh, okay, right. well, I'm being paid by somebody else. Not by somebody else's, but I'm being paid indirectly well, through somebody else's misfortune. Yeah, okay, I see what you mean. And how do you, like, come to terms with that? And how do you... Mm, well, the difference, the the, the the immediate thing, just in making or deciding to make something about it, is whether you are respectful or whether you are... Um, exploiting it yeah of course and let's okay let's start with the because i mean the exploiting thing i think is obvious if you're doing that you're an arsehole but let's take somebody let's be let's take the respectful person you know let's take somebody who's yeah you 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 know you respect that you respect telling the story of son of Saul. yeah um but you know that 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 director is very well known now and is probably making a very good living has a very good career Mm. all from that you know that that person's misfortune Mm. well i think it's i suppose there there would be an argument to say that you are exploiting it the you know whatever the trauma or the dark story is you're exploiting it Mm -hmm. by just making something of it and and wanting to sell that something yeah but i actually i don't buy into that really because i think that you you make if you're doing it to bring light to a subject mm-hmm. then that is absolutely fine mm-hmm. it's important that you do that especially with a lot of smallest messages yeah um i don't think and, it, and, if, and if you think that that is then gonna do well and make money then great because one it will be heard by more or seen by more people mm-hmm. and two you don't uh, you don't have to have another job while you do it you know yeah and i guess it, it, it enables the person who's telling that story to tell more stories like it yeah and it enables them to be able to tell that story in a in a, in a 
better way. Okay. I yeah. Okay. I wonder. I wonder whether some of these people would be making these stories if they weren't going to earn any money from them. Mm. Um, but that's just the world we live in. You yeah. have to think about money, and it's fucking shit. But you do. Yeah. Um, I think you can. There is a fine line to be walked between exploiting something and being respectful of something. Right. And I think most of the time people get it just right. Yeah. But very close to tipping over to the other side. Mm. Um, because I think if something is too respectful, it is slanted. Yeah. And it, come, and it can become a bit trite. Mm-hmm. Like there's a documentary I watched last year, which became a little bit like, like a little bit gushy like it was gushing about its subject matter a bit too much yeah and i was like oh come on Mm. um also you just it becomes less believable yeah there is that i suppose but then again it's also the thing of with films films get it much worse and and books get it uh, get it uh, tough as well to not become gushing about its subject matter and to be like oh and then this the angel of our like our protagonist angel yeah was you know like perfect in every way and we did and and look at all this horrible stuff you know you need to explore both sides and i think that's why there's a fine line between being between exploiting it and not because especially these days when you can get away with something being much darker much more um you know things things are a three-sided coin they are exploring the gray areas you can you know use whatever cliche term you want we're we're not we're in a generation or we're in a in a time period where we don't like stories to be like good versus bad yeah i was gonna say we are definitely lots of people are focusing on that like multi yeah even massive franchises right your adventures Mm -hmm. your star wars the latest installments of those the good the bad guys have some sort of uh, yeah. something you can sympathize with yeah, a yeah. good reason for doing what they're doing showing and you the, how human nature works exactly so i think because of that now it's easier to make these stories yeah because you can you could have someone and go oh this horrible thing happened to them and it'd be we need to tell this story so that that horrible thing doesn't happen to other people but they did do that which isn't great you know they did this they did this other thing which mm. was not a good thing and then if they, we were back in the 70s, I'd probably be like, you know, I'd probably think, oh, well, forget that. Let's just focus on the first the good part. Stuff, yeah. And then 20 years later, or 30, 40 years later, there's a BuzzFeed article that like, your favorite film, this thing happened. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, the, the protagonist did this, not an angel after all. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas now it feels like, okay, well, they did that. Well, that's good because it adds a richness to the story because we're trying to... We're, we're we're able to explore human nature more. Yeah, I think you can do that in music a lot more as well. Yeah, I think I feel like you don't have to just make an album that is one way anymore. No, definitely not. Um, it used to be like you know, all right, it's a rock album. It's got a couple of ballads and an acoustic tune, but it's a rock album. Yeah. Whereas some album, like I've spoken about it on this before, and you probably roll your eyes, but the new Slipknot album, it's got it's just random as fuck. Yeah. They're just exploring all these avenues of horror and metal you know mm. the combination that they've that they're sort of that they are really um and you can go yeah maybe if you just listen to it once through you'd be like okay yeah that was all right but then when you listen to it a couple of times you're like oh that's kind of cool because they've managed to show that sort of gray area of their sound or that gray area of um whatever it is they're singing about you know 
Um, do you think that's because people have become more complex or do you think people have always been complex but like uh, the like the industries have just never allowed them to flex that? Uh I think the latter. Mm. Yeah, I think I think people, you know, you and I sat in a house have always been complex, but then when you just extend it to sort of big business, mm. uh culture and um uh you know, art it's just not had it's just it's just been growing slower than humans grow yeah you know you just explore it's easier to market good or bad than yeah it's kind of good but not really what yeah you're right i suppose art has always been quite good at explore that's the point of art but yeah marketing big business yeah that sort of thing i didn't even think culturally you know people were just in their house they may be complex beings but outside in the world they were much more like Oh, that's a good Christian person, or right? Yeah, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, of and, and they just were like, like, oh, don't you know? Don't involve me in that because yeah. culturally, we're not in a place where we can all deal so with. So it this. definitely wasn't just limited to to consumer what we consume consumerism. No, it was more of like it was yeah, behaviorally and culturally, behaviorally, behaviorally, uh, behaviorally. Is that not weird? No, but it sounds like a flower. A behaviorally. That's only because you're thinking of tiger lily. A behaviour lily. Which wasn't even a flower. Tiger lily was a person. Why would I be thinking of tiger lily? Because... What the hell? Who the hell is that? Because tiger lily's from Peter Pan. Oh. You know Why would I be thinking of tiger lily when you said behaviour lily? Because that's that's the most similar sounding thing and it's got the word lily in it. Behaviour. Tiger. It works. not hearing it. Behaviour lily. I bet Lil Wayne could make that rhyme. Definitely. (laughs) Anyway... Back to what we were saying. Yeah, so behaviour lilies. Yeah, behaviour lilies. Then, so people... Yeah, I can't even remember. <laughs> Let's... Okay, let, let me pull it back. Um, okay, so let me pull that back to where we started, um, which was kind of like, can you tell that story and feel okay about telling that story, basically? Yes. Um, Ooh. So I think maybe that kind of idea of making someone multifaceted um like emotionally mm-hmm. um is what helps you create that piece because it's it, it is as if you're it is as if then you're just you are just kind of like portraying somebody's life somebody's kind of like you know you're getting into the nitty-gritty of of who somebody is yeah. and you're you're showing that and you're telling that um and i guess that kind of makes the whole thing <clears throat> feel more kind of le- legitimate in a way. Yeah. Well, that's a richness to the story. No, yeah. like everyone's fed up of seeing, you know, cowboys versus Indians. Yeah. So in that respect, I guess that's one way that you would, you would feel better about creating something like that. Um, but, and I guess whilst you're creating it and whilst you're in the process, yeah. you're you you will be totally consumed by that by that idea, by being like, We need to portray this, we need to get this out, we need this to be seen, we we need to get into that character and really understand who they are. Yeah. And you know, because while you're in the creative process, it's total tunnel vision, isn't it? But then the creative process finishes mm-hmm. and then at the end of it, some marketing person comes to you and goes, okay, so how are we going to market this? It's going to be Will Smith versus young Will Smith. Yeah. And instantly it just makes you feel icky. Yeah. Yeah. Of and I wonder how like people, but obviously we won't know, but I guess I wonder how people battle that. Yeah. And I think, 
I don't believe though that that is always the case that the creatives have absolutely nailed it and got all the nuances and then a marketing person comes and makes it oh god no dry, I'm just but like you know because just you the amount of times that you watch a big blockbuster film mm-hmm. and you know and this, again this is why people like marvel and, and the star wars franchises have done such a great job of adapting to the 21st century because they've mm. managed to make nuanced characters and mm-hmm. and you know here and there they may focus on the fact that yeah there was a big fight in the middle of you know a city and and everything got destroyed and people have been left homeless because of it. And, you know, that kind of... They can explore that more in, in huge They used franchises. to ignore that bit. Totally, yeah. <laughs> but then it still it still happens now where you'll get a film come out and you'll be like, hang on, but what about that? And what about him over here? And, mm. you know, and they just don't give a shit about that. And I think those films tend to be big sort of franchise things still that... Kind of don't go down well in history, mm. you know. Everyone's like, "Oh, what was like the fifth Terminator film or the fourth Terminator film?" Yeah, do you know what I mean? Because they've not focused on yeah nuance. You don't get a review that comes in and be like, "Actually, the latest Terminator film uh, really focuses on what it means to be human <laughs> and it explores, you know, the difference between a man and machine and blah blah blah, blah you know, existential whatever." It's like, oh, it blows things up, <laughs> and the good guys kill the bad one yeah which is fine if you're in it for that i actually you know fucking love the john wick that's yeah. all it is so to come so to come back to bring this full circle then and, I, and i'm aware that we're talking about films a lot we're supposed to be a music podcast but i think we just use films we're not, because we're not a music podcast we're no, a but, creative podcast yeah but we're a band aren't we well, um but the reason why i feel like it comes around to films is not only because we watch a lot of films it's because it's it can it generally is considered like the highest not the highest art form but like the the most successful art film you know like they made a feature length film Mm. you know um but so to bring this full circle Mm. right so you got your you've got your john wick yeah it has almost no nuance yeah at all yeah so it's 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 not doing what you said at all you know it's 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 a made-up character doing made-up things it's got nothing to do with anything that you've said it is the opposite of these stories that need to be told yeah yeah i think it has a no message i think it's objectively good (laughs) or the action is but it but the the storyline and the dialogue and all that is objectively bad Mm. but i enjoy the hell out of it yeah, but why I think, do I enjoy John Wick, but I don't enjoy Gemini Man? Now, a film I've not even seen, but I can already tell you that I don't enjoy just from the trailers. I honestly, I think John Wick is just a you thing. It's really not. John Wick is massive. People no, fucking but, love John Wick. I know, but it's not objectively good, is it? The, some of the action is. Maybe that's what it is. Then the that's action. What I'm saying, that's what I'm and saying. People buy into Keanu Reeves, and yeah. and I am someone who does not like action films. I okay. do not like Mission Impossible. Okay, but I, I quite like the second one. I have a rebuttal. Okay. Um, so the whole thing about John Wick is how close to the bone it is to Keanu Reeves' actual life. Uh, Do you think that that not p- plays a huge no, part? No, I don't think people. I don't think the gen. I, I don't think the general public know that. For anybody, for anybody who hasn't seen, for anybody who's seen John Wick but doesn't know about his life, it's not that Keanu Reeves is like a huge action hero. <laughs> well, he is. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's more the fact that like he lost his wife and then he lost his girlfriend and blah blah blah, and it's all a bit. 
Like, ooh. yeah, which is the premise of John Wick. Yeah. Um, I don't like action films though. Really. I feel like John Wick is like a, 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 a oh, it's like a famous um, not indie film, but well, the first one really was not. It was like a cult, cult, a cult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it's like it's like a famous cult film. The first one, the first one was. <clears throat> I think the the majority of the the wider audience watch it and go mm, yeah whatever but, but the then third... there's the cult people are like in it and if they're in it they definitely know the stories ah, see i have and to then disagree again, a little it's bit. always about human it comes back to human story i i barely knew keanu reeves's story but when i i didn't know it when i watched the first two i only found out after the second one right the first one independent like made worldwide 86 million, right? I think that includes some streaming revenue. Okay? Yeah. Which is a lot of money. Uh, yeah, you know, it's a bit. Mm-hmm. The third one made 326, or if I'm rounding up, 327 Yeah, but how many million. years in between that? Let's account for inflation. Uh, not that much. What, 2019 was this one. The first one was... Uh, the first one was in I'm trying to make this more enjoyable 2014 so only five years yeah okay and I have no inflation. idea how inflation works but <laughs> let's account for this thing that I don't know about it's like making a cake and being like well let's take into account the, the no, air pressure no because we all know that <laughs> cinema ticket prices have shot up Regardless, so much not in five years yeah they have no they haven't uh, I think you're lying 2014 we were still paying 11 quid in Liverpool to go to the cinema. Why are we talking about John Wick? Because it is something that is almost definitely... Bad. Bad, but it's not, is it? <laughs> like, same with certain horror films, like John Carpenter and, um, you know, uh, I don't know, Nightmare on Elm Street. I suppose it was considered really good at first, but I, I can look at some John Carpenter films and go, I know that this is dreadful, but I fucking love it. Why? Okay, I don't know. Do you not have anything like that? Um, I mean, like, like guilty pleasure stuff, I guess. Not, yeah, no, but not guilty. I am not guilty. I'm unapologetic about loving it. I mean, yeah, probably. I don't know though. I don't know. It, I think it's person to person. I of think, yeah, of course, it's person. Yeah, to person. I, I don't think there's any like set rule with it. I think somebody who has a particular personality will like something because it's stupid, or that somebody else will look at it and be like, "That's stupid," and you're like, "Yeah, I know, that's why I like it." Mm. You know, it's totally personality based, and sometimes I think the people who are making it don't know that that's going to happen. Like, John, I bet you they didn't know that John Wick was going to get a cult following. Mm. They just thought, "Oh, this is basically Mission Impossible. Let's do that." And then next minute they get this huge cult cult following. It's probably because it's all them people who are, like find stupid things funny. So they're like, this is hilarious. I'm going to follow this. The, the whole point of a cult following is that you never know it's going to happen. Yeah. And it, it to the filmmakers or, or whatever makers, music makers, whatever. I'm going to make a cult classic. Yeah, you, do, you never do that. You just make a film and then next minute it comes out that it's a, something to do with a cult. It's not something to do with a cult. Um, but what... I suppose there's no real answer to it, because like you say, it is, it is person to person. But it is interesting mm. why there are some things that really speak to you, even though you know that they're bad. 
of honor kind of, you know, if you were to go through a checklist, but they speak to you on like an emotional level or the aesthetics just right, or it just hits you right. And then the same with things that are good where you're like, okay, I know that this is amazing, but I just didn't enjoy it. Mm. You know, like I think that happens a lot in film reviews. Like there's a load of reviews coming out for Joker that were saying that it was just a bad film. And I'm kind of like, you can't, you can't, like if you had a checklist on things, you can't say that was a bad film. No. Because it was, it wasn't bad. Like no part of it was bad. Maybe, although there was actually, there was a part that was bad, but like generally it's, it is just, it's really well made. Yeah. I just I, think you can appreciate that you wouldn't like it and you think it's evil or horrible or whatever, but to say it's bad. Yeah. You know? It's, there's so many layers to that film that I think for someone to just outright say it was bad and move on, um, it's like they just haven't, I don't know, I feel like they, I feel like there's another issue that they're contending with. Yeah, like they're saying it's bad to, uh, they think it shouldn't be seen because it's dangerous or... Uh, no, not even that. I think it's just like somebody's got like a thing against Batman films or somebody's got a thing against... You know, like, it's just somebody who's a bit... There's more of a malicious intent behind reviews that are just like, it's just bad. You're yeah. like, it's not. Well, it might, bits of it may be, but there's so many different layers to it that you can't just say, it's just bad. That's a bad review, in my opinion. Yeah. Your, your review is just bad. I suppose you'd have to... I think you should, like, make a checklist for different art forms, for a checklist for films, a checklist for albums, a checklist for, you know, plays and so on. And to be like, okay, was so script was good or bad, and you can take, and then you can just tally it all up. And you go visuals, or you can go like synth sounds, a drum sound, and then like you probably do have that a little bit. Yeah, probably. Because um, then you could be like, okay, Joker looked amazing, tick. Uh, script it's all right. This thing was terrible. Uh, don't go and see this film; it's evil. Mm-hmm. Or go and see this film, but ignore the script. Like I had it with. Ben Gladwin of this parish um, with Detective Pikachu where it came out and was like, he was like, what'd you think? And I was like, I'm pretty sure it's, I'm pretty sure it's absolutely terrible. Like I'm, I'm, I'm almost certain that film was bad, but it was, it was good fun. It was all right. I didn't, I didn't mind it, but I'm, but like scripts, for example, I was like, no one can think that's it. That's good. But then Ben was like, no, 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 I thought it was really good. I was like, oh, he was like, I enjoyed it. And I thought it was good. I was like, okay, I kind of enjoyed it but thought it was really bad. Right. I can't believe you both went to see that film. you got to go and see that film. It's the biggest Detective one of the big... Detective Pikachu. Yeah, it was a huge release. Are you not going to see that film? Uh, well, we're not going to get to the bottom of this, but if you are listening and you want to write in with a couple of things that you think are great, but kind of know in your heart of hearts that it's not good, but you love it, let us know what that is, whether it's music film books whatever um and vice versa where if there's something that you think is absolutely terrible but in your heart of hearts know that it is you know probably well made or it's critically acclaimed or whatever or if you just want to let us know a film or a book or something that we should read that has an important message uh, read listen to etc that has a good message um, may not be enjoyable. So going back to our kind of son of Saul, 12 years a slave thing, where it's like, you should hear this message. You should see this piece of art, feel this piece of art, but you're not going to 
you're not going to be buzzing about it afterwards. Yeah. Um, should we move on to our first smeg? We should. Here it comes. Did you do out by Oasis? Why don't you just go on the air? Is there any chance you can sound more Ed like Sheeran? What's your plan B? Why don't you just do when he's finished with the drums? Okay, so this segment is called Watch Jack and Azu when he's finished with the drums and it is about little quirks that happen within creative industries that other people may not know, understand or get. Um, so for example, me being asked to play loads of Oasis songs, I don't even understand that myself. Or photographers being asked to, or photographers having their their photos put on, having an Instagram filter put on their photos. You know, just little stupid things that happen where people are like oh i didn't know that was a thing and that's really annoying or yeah. that's just really funny or interesting yeah do you have anything no no i got a little something Go on. it's only something small and it's yeah. not a gripe and it's not on anything it's Go just on. an observation yeah um so we might i'm not sure if we mentioned this on the podcast before but when we do gigs especially covers gigs we have these uh these creatures called goobers they, I don't know why they're called goobers, but they just are. And they, they look like men, generally. Some of them look like women. And they just sort of stand there and stare at you. <laughs> but, but not like, not, not like, you know, they're in a party of people and they're watching the band. It's like they are separate from everyone else and they sort of stand in the middle of the, of the floor in front of you. Yeah. Or if, you know... Maybe sometimes up against the wall, perhaps, but almost <laughs> always by themselves. Yeah. Just staring. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you are a goober, please write in <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and let us know what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> but you know about goobers. Yeah, Because we talk about it all. We talk about it all the time. We're like, goober alert. And there'd just be some bloke just stood watching. Staring and they, and, intently. Yeah. And generally, they don't clap, which is which is good because no one else in the bar is clapping, especially at covers <laughs> gigs. I mean, obviously you want them to clap if it's an originals gig hmm. and you do get them at originals gigs, but then you get a clapping goober, which is not a good thing. No. When he stood there, he thinks that, that the whole bar is disrespecting us as artists and he, he is of higher, <laughs> um, you know, uh, esteem or whatever, or he is made of better stuff than the rest of, the folk in this bar. I actually appreciate this music so that will, I'm watching right now. We finish <laughs> and he is just the single man in the room by himself. Just. Yeah. <laughs> and he but, doesn't do it like, oh, we clap it. No, not, he does not, it really oh, loud. We're not clapping. He's like. Yeah. And, oh God. And whilst <laughs> he's doing that, he will like look around at like other people as if to be like, oh, you peasants yeah disgusted like why are you not clapping along with me right now you absolute peasants it's really funny which you know in a, in an in and of itself is actually a nice thing because he's paying attention to what we're doing it is it and is. he is trying to show it's his just appreciation very unusual. um i the reason why i bring this up is because i had a gig the other night with uh francesca goodridge who was on episode something of this podcast mm -hmm. and uh she was singing stepping in for you mm-hmm and we had a goober. He was actually lovely. Uh, didn't didn't do the whole clapping thing. He wasn't a clapping goober. He was very nice. Um, 
he was sort of into music. I, I got chatting to him because generally when you go for a piss, you know, when you come back, they sort of, before you get to your guitar, they're like, oh, just uh, noticed, noticed your version of Hotel California, but it was a bit different. And you're like, oh, yeah, okay, so we're talking. Um, and he was actually lovely and he was talking about the fact that he's he sings too and he had a studio and, like, you know, generally these people are learning guitar or something, which is, which is sound. And he was all good. Um I even had a few few bits of banter here and there with him whilst we were playing if she forgot a lyric or I fucked up a chord or something. Um, but then, I've never experienced this before, mm. we had numerous goobers in a group. Oh, wow. Three that blokes. doesn't make them a goober. But then, well, this is it. I was like, I don't know what's going on here because it's three blokes. And at first, I thought they were all individual goobers because right. they were just stood pint in hand like st- watching like and i'm talking you know two meters away two mm-hmm. and a half meters away if that okay and they're like pint in hand just staring yeah nodding along here and there a few smiles nice cool then they started chatting to each other like but not chatting to each other like oh we're closed conversation we're in a bar we're having a drink we're chatting just the occasional like oh yeah and then carry on and then we have a break they'd close the group chat like normal people in a bar we'd start again we'd open out and then they were all individual goobers never experienced that in our life it sounds very very unusual <laughs> it, it was very it was quite unnerving i'll be honest especially when there was a so on they were on my left and then that other goober that i was talking about was on my right and we we're surrounded by him <laughs> they were just stood there have you ever seen um did you used to watch spongebob square pants uh here and there do you remember there was like one particular character slash fish that used to just like stand there and like I can't quite remember what he did but he was like long thin and tall and he did never really used to say anything but he used to just like just stand and stare but like I can't quite remember what he did I need to like post a picture with this okay <laughs> but yeah he, that, I think they, I know who you mean they are like the the epitome of a goober for me maybe uh, yeah fair the the so then it got me thinking about what a goober, what a collective noun of a goober is. Yeah. I think it's a pool of goobers. Oh, God. What? You think it's just, you're just thinking about collective nouns. Yeah, so of, that's of, what I was just talking about. Yeah, no, but no, why? No one thinks of that. <laughs> well, all right, fine. On to the next method. <laughs> Gee. E, oh my god, who the fuck is Peter Guy? Who's he, lad? All right, this is Who the Fuck is Peter Guy. Uh, this is our music review smeg. And actually, it's not. I'll keep getting that wrong. It's not our music review smeg. It's no? our recommendations. It's mm-hmm. morphed into this. And we're just going to recommend things that you should hear, see, uh, feel, smell, taste. Uh, <laughs> um, smell. Yeah, you should smell. Anyway, yeah. So okay. generally hear and see, I suppose. There can be any art form. Anything this week, Michelle Harris. Oh, what have I come across this week? Um, come back to me. I have two. Okay. The first one is a track that I produced called Note to Self by an artist called Kayla Grace. Lovely. I wish I'd written the chorus to this song. <laughs> it's fucking great. Okay. It's simple and beautiful. Um, and we produced, we, we, we worked on the track together a while ago. She's just released it. I am jealous of this chorus. 
So go and listen to that. It's called Note to Self by Kayla Grace. Yeah. Uh, you'll get that on Spotify and Apple Music and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Also, I'm going to recommend a play that, or a one-man show, rather, that ties nicely into what we were talking about. I wanted to recommend that. And you're not going to be able to catch it uh, in London at the moment because it's just finished its run at the Bush Theatre. Um, it finishes its run in sort of two days and I think everything's sold out. Mm. But it may be heading on tour. It will definitely be picked up and will definitely be doing more than just this run at the Bush Theatre. Uh, it's called Baby Reindeer by Richard Gadd. And it is incredible. Yeah, it's really, really good. I've never seen anything like it. I'm sure for people that go and see one-man shows all the time, they may, they may not be quite as awe-inspiring as I found it but it was so fucking good yeah um it's to do with well it's a true story about his life uh, and his involvement with a stalker and I won't give you any more than that other than to say they have like projectors that project sort of emails that he'd received and um they they put like imagery up on the board on 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 these well i was gonna say on the wall it's not the wall but they project imagery they do a lot with lights there's a great sound design there's a great stage setup his at his performance is amazing Ugh, the story is amazing like the, it's amazing as soon as it gets picked up anywhere i think you can go and follow him on twitter or you can just follow um you know that story and see how it develops because it is definitely going to be doing more yeah there's no way that it can just stop there yeah and that's i mean the story is probably about himself but it's like very relevant to what we were talking about earlier and taking that subject matter and yeah kind of exploiting it but in a way he's doing that completely to himself which i guess is fine i think the way he does it is is fantastic because he can he can exploit it yeah because it's his story Mm -hmm. it's all happened to him yeah and I know that there are other people involved and he doesn't want to necessarily exploit them too much. But he can. Yeah. It's not like someone else has come in and done that, you know, and, and taken it. So he is super harsh and super matter of fact and very self-reflective. Yeah. Which I don't think you would get necessarily if someone else took it because like, oh, maybe we shouldn't say it like that because it's a bit harsh. Whereas he can be like, I was a total whatever. Mm-hmm. and you can just say it which is great it's yeah. really hard hitting it is anything else you want to recommend no I think you took mine baby brain baby yeah. reindeer okay it's too early in the morning for me to remember that before you remembered it <laughs> okay <laughs> your memory's not booted up yet no I'm still on the apple loading <laughs> yeah. right okay alright well thank you for listening to this week's episode of who the fuck is Delia mm-hmm uh, with me and Michelle. We'll be back next week with a guest, I hope, I think. We which will. Which be exciting. Um, and remember... What? Huh? What, what remember what? Uh, forgot. Oh, uh, you're so shit. Too much sauce, really surprised. <laughs>